Cyprus was one of the success stories of international tourism in the 1980s. We were invited to hotel openings, celebrations of new discos, restaurants, and so, so much more. Welcome to a new episode of Most Memorable Journeys. Let's talk a little more about those first summers in Cyprus. At the beginning of April in 1984, I came back to my other home, as I called it in the meantime, to my beautiful apartment in Limassol, and I was ready for another summer season. Everything was familiar by now. I picked up my little car from the bonded warehouse and drove to the agency. Things had changed there. The place had expanded. There were lots more people working. And of course, the older staff that knew me. From previous years, they welcomed me with open arms and a lot of noise. Among all these people, I noticed a gorgeous young woman looking at me and probably wondering who on earth is she and why is everybody making such a fuss about her? And since we became friends, I actually used this opportunity to ask her to describe to me what she thought when she saw me so many years ago. And I quote, Judy says, more than 35 years ago, I remember sitting at my desk at Daphne's Travel, feeling a bit lonely and very far from home when a breath of fresh Swiss air wafted into the office in the form of Lisa, or Elizabeth to some people. She seemed to fill the room with anticipation of fun and excitement, and everyone in the office was thrilled to see her. She had such amazing confidence, but also a great ability to listen to everyone with sincerity. One felt that everything was going to be all right if Lisa was around. I made up my mind that she would be a good friend to have. All these years later, I can certainly say she has been the best friend one could ever wish for. Yes, that's how our friendship began so many years ago. So one major big thing that our agency had was a new representation of the Club Met or Le Club Méditerranée. And soon after my arrival, there was a big event at the Apollonia Hotel where everyone who was rich and famous got invited to, including me. Not because I was rich and famous, but because I was represented by the agency. There, I met Catherine, my beautiful friend who I have known for 37 years as well. She knew Judy from London and everyone knew each other, mostly from their years that they had studied in England. And that's how I ended up in this crowd of young Cypriots who were all, well, rich and famous. Judy, Catherine and I have been friends ever since, going through good and bad times together, watching our children grow up, laughing and crying together and feeling like sisters, really. In all those years that we've known each other, we have traveled to Ireland together, to Switzerland. Catherine visited me in Tunisia. And we even had breakfast in New York when we happened to be there at the same time a few years ago. We know each other's families 
and we go back a long time. It's one of those beautiful, uncomplicated friendships that every woman needs in her life. I was Judy's bridesmaid and Catherine was mine. So we are all kind of related ever since. But back in the summer of 1984, we had only just met and we spent a lot of time on the beach at the Posidonia Hotel. That was the place to go then. And we were looking at all the designer swimsuits and bikinis. It was like a fashion show. Even the beach bags were brands. And I remember a very funny story regarding those brands. I was so impressed by all the glamour and I had never owned anything branded before. Limassol was becoming more cosmopolitan and especially with the presence of all the Lebanese people, there was demand for expensive and impressive goods. On one of the main avenues in town, a Gucci shop had opened and I decided to go and have a look. There were bags and shoes and scarves and lots of other items displayed and I was having a look around and I noticed a price tag and I nearly fainted. This was definitely more than I had ever seen. I couldn't believe how much those bags and purses were. It was my first encounter ever with a brand shop. Later in my life, when I was earning a lot of money on my round trips all over the world, and I'm going to talk about this in other episodes, especially when I was working in the US, I had many designer bags and clothes. But back then, I wasn't ready for such an investment. But I was too embarrassed to leave the shop without buying anything. So I ended up buying a keyring, you know, a keychain. So my first ever branded experience was a Gucci keychain for my tiny little car, my little Fiat Panda. And I spent, I don't know, a hundred pounds. Yes, Cyprus had pounds as a currency in those years. And they only changed to euros in 2008. So I spent a hundred pounds on a keyring, and for a girl who came from nothing, that was quite something to think about. That was a lot of money. In that Gucci shop, I realized that there were people who spent my month's salary on one handbag. And the people that I had started spending time with during these summers of 84 and 85, they motivated me to put money aside. Not for a bag, but for future investments. I had just come back from Tunisia and the next winter, I think the next winter, I went to the Maldives. And for about three years, I was working nonstop. I just went home to Switzerland between two seasons and never had time to spend. So I managed to save money for the first time in my life. And I loved the feeling we earned commission on excursions, which we sold and we had our meal allowance. And most of the time we managed to save that meal allowance because we got invited to eat so much. In those years in Cyprus, people were so hospitable. You always had to eat somewhere. There was always food available for free. 
But let's go back to Cyprus and those careless summers, which just flew by. And the place was developing like crazy. The Limassol Nicosia Highway was finally completed in 1984 and driving had become easier. It was also extended to Paphos and towards Ayanapa. More and more hotels were opening in all the towns. Cyprus was one of the success stories of international tourism in the 1980s. We were invited to hotel openings, celebrations of new discos, restaurants, and so, so much more. We had to bring less and less stuff from Switzerland because many supermarkets started selling imported goods that had not been available before. During the 1980s, Ayanapa, which had just been a small fishing village, had turned into a busy holiday resort and it attracted mostly younger visitors because of its growing nightlife scene and, of course, the beautiful beaches. The white sand at Nisi Beach was covered with young Scandinavians. The place was buzzing and we were part of it. We also had so many repeater guests. Some people actually came to Cyprus twice a year. They made friends with locals. They got invited sometimes to weddings or christenings and to all sorts of events. The number of visitors grew steadily. Tourism was booming and we worked hard and we played hard. As usual and so often, went straight from the disco via a shower at home to the airport. At the time, there wasn't only one flight to Zurich anymore. There were at least three and they were all full. Sometimes even overbooked and we had to pick out well-dressed clients to be put in business class. I used to love doing that. And ever since, I always dress well when I fly because I know that if they have to upgrade somebody, they will upgrade somebody who is wearing good clothes and good shoes. During these years in Cyprus, I had become much more confident. And I had been working through all my hang-ups from my childhood. And I started feeling so much better about life. Because I was surrounded by so many good people. I started feeling included. And I had created valuable and solid friendships. I don't think that I ever stayed in a night. There was always something happening every single night. There were lots of party invitations and dinners on the beach, then going for a night swim and sitting in the moonlight till late. Just loving life. I also remember a friend pushing home her car because she didn't want her parents-in-law to hear her come home so late. And I remember spending time at another friend's old house. She had so many cats and we were drinking wine and I was listening to those endless cat stories. At some point in 85, I was told that we would have to pay the tax on my little Fiat Panda There was, I don't know, there was a new law or I had been too long in Cyprus. So I couldn't have a duty-free car anymore. And I informed my company in Switzerland. And they decided that it wasn't worth paying the tax. So we sold the car. And I finally got a rental car with air conditioning. 
the ultimate luxury because the summers in Cyprus are really, really hot and humid. And I really don't know how I did it for, I don't know, three years, three summers to drive around in a car without air conditioning. At the end of the summer 1985, I had already asked my company to come back to Cyprus again the next year. But somehow I started getting a little bored with the work I was doing and I had met other tour guides who didn't only work at beach destinations. There was more to this job than talking about sunburn and car rental. I started dreaming about going to some more exciting places. I had become more adventurous and I was actually given the opportunity to replace someone in New York in the winter. Shortly before I left Cyprus in November, I got a call from a friend. I think it must, must have been the only evening that I was home. And she wanted to know what I was up to. And I said, I'm not doing anything. So she asked me over. And I remember going there in my tracksuit. And somehow later in the evening, we changed our minds about staying in. And I borrowed some clothes from her and we went to the Caribbean disco place that everybody, where everybody knew it, knew us. We always went there. And as the saying goes, there is no coincidence in life. It was the night that I met my future husband. I love telling people that I met my husband in a disco. And he doesn't really like it. He gets embarrassed about it. And I don't really know why, because I don't know why, because there is nothing wrong with meeting in a disco. But that's material for another episode. So when I came back from New York in the spring of 1986, I had decided that this would be my definitely my last summer in Cyprus. I had discovered the US and all its opportunities, and I wanted to discover more of the world. And even if I had wanted to stay in Cyprus, working for a local company was out of the question I had already done that in Greece. The salaries were too low and getting a work permit was so complicated. Cyprus only joined the EU in 2004. And before that, everyone needed a work permit. And they needed to be renewed every six months. And that was a real drag. But during this supposedly last summer, there were things to do. My friend Judy got married. And all her family came to the wedding. I moved out of my apartment so they could stay in it and went and slept next door at Catherine's and Yanni's flat, who had become my neighbors. There's one favorite story that happened during all the wedding preparations. Judith's sister and brother were going to surprise her and arrive early in the morning on the day of her wedding. And I had promised to pick them up from the airport. But we were out drinking and hen-nighting the night before and had gone to bed very, very late and had had maybe a little bit too much to drink. And I completely forgot about their arrival. So when they called my apartment, I don't know, at six o'clock in the morning, and I obviously wasn't staying there, Judy's dad answered the phone and then came over and told me 
that we needed to rush to the airport, we needed to rush to Larnaca, because they were waiting for us. And I had a car with a speed warning sounds. Whenever I was driving more than 120 kilometers an hour, it was making this ding-dong sound. And that sound never stopped all the way to the airport. We were literally flying to Larnaca because I was feeling guilty that I had forgotten them. It all ended well and Judy and Mikos are still married, had a wonderful wedding and are still married today. Another story worth telling is an excursion to the occupied north with Catherine and some United Nations people who we had met at the business dinner they could move freely between the Republic of Cyprus and the occupied north, whereas tourists or foreigners were only allowed to walk across at the old Lydra Palace Hotel in Nicosia. It was an, an amazing experience to cross the border at the place where only UN officers were allowed to cross. And spending the day in Famagusta, even driving inside the ghost town was a crazy thing. I, I remember that as if it was yesterday. We even shopped a little and never told anyone because at the time it wasn't common to go to the north. In November 1983, Turkey had declared the establishment of the Turkish Republic of Northern Cyprus, which was formally recognized as an independent and sovereign state at an international level only by Turkey. Only in April 2003, some of the border crossings opened for Cypriot citizens and many refugees rushed across to see their homes and their land that they had lost in 1974. The Cyprus problem remains unsolved up until today, though. Somewhere during this summer, I also made another friend who stayed my friend for life. Elian was working for another tour operator and she also lived in Limassol. We started going to the beach together. We started exploring new places like the building site of the Sheraton Hotel where Elian drove down the road even though it said no entry and we were told off and she reversed so fast that the car nearly fell on its side and we couldn't stop laughing. That's one of my memories of the today called St. Raphael Resort. At the time, it was opened as a Sheraton. We used to have drinks at Lips and listen to Greek music at Berama. And we had new clothes made at the dressmakers. I needed a business suit because I had applied for a job with Lufthansa and was invited for an interview after my return from Cyprus after going back to Switzerland. It was time to move on and see more. I was done with Cyprus, even though it broke my heart to leave. My agency had arranged a big farewell party for me and for everybody who was working there. And I gave up my beautiful apartment, which I loved so much. It had been decided that the new person who would be coming to Cyprus in 87, the next summer, would be living in Larnaca because our agent had opened an office there as well. And most of our clients were staying in hotels in the eastern part of the island. Limassol had somehow lost the race as a tourism destination and turned 
more towards the service industry. And it became the most important commerce and offshore business center in Cyprus. While Ayanapa and Paphos steadily opened more hotels, more hotel apartments and restaurants. And since 1983, Paphos has its own airport. And of course, that helped it grow as a tourism destination. But I was leaving Cyprus for good. I had had five amazing summers and I was so much more confident and ready for new adventures. I feel that I had spent some of my most important years of my life here. I believe that the years between 20 and 30 are the most important when it comes to developing our personality. It's in the years where we start knowing what we want. And even though I was born and raised in Switzerland, I definitely grew up in Cyprus and became mature and understood what I wanted. Little did I know that the island had captured me and my heart forever. Let's see in the coming episodes how long it took me to come back to my island in the sun. If you enjoy my podcast, please like, share and subscribe to my channel. You will find all the information in the show notes. If you like what you hear and you want to know more about what I do, check out my website www.thesoulkit.com.